love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. You try to make a difference in the world and none of it, you know, really means anything unless you can share that experience with, with somebody that understands what you're trying to do. There's no one in this world that I connect with on that level more than Haven. I couldn't imagine like if I came home at the end of a hard day, if someone didn't want to talk to me about that toll or someone didn't understand. Without me even having to say anything, he understands because he's been there. I don't know if I could do this if I didn't have that support. Today's love story belongs to Rick and Haven. Over seven seasons of the Canadian Love Map, we've shared stories of some unique engagements. Before a proposal, the person asking usually wants to make it special, personal, and maybe even exciting. But imagine trying to propose in a way that makes it an historic moment in Canada where you are the first person to pop the question in this way, in a place that, while unlikely to be romantic to most, is just right for you. Rick and Haven are both elected politicians in BC, and Rick took on the bureaucracy of a legislative house to use the floor to ask Haven to marry him. We'll find out how the intensity of a political campaign brought them together, how Rick nearly lost his window to pop the question, and how their story united all factions with a moment of true love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Rick and Haven, welcome to the Canadian Love Map. Thank you. Excited to be here. Great to be here. So happy to see you both, to hear you both. I was uh, chuckling the other day because I was listening to Elizabeth Gilbert's book, her audiobook, Committed, which is about the history and, and concept, really, of marriage. And one of the things she said is that she's found as she's traveled the world, one surefire way to start a great conversation with someone is to say, how did you and your partner meet? So I figure that's how we'll start. So we, yeah, we met in, uh, in 2018. Um, it was shortly after the uh, provincial election in British Columbia, where I was first elected. And there was an, a municipal election at that time. And, you know, being in the political circles, going to different events and things like that, we, we, we first met, I don't even remember what the event was, but I remember we were leaving at the same time. And we had chatted a bit or whatever, and we said, oh, do you, you want to walk home together? We're going the same direction. 
and along the walk, we, uh, we were talking a little bit and then, well, I, I asked if she'd like to, you know, talk a little bit more and maybe go grab a drink, a little bite to eat or something like that. Uh, one of the local places here. And, and so we did, she, she said, sure. And, and we, uh, we ended up talking for hours and hours and hours until basically almost shut the place down. And, um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's how we met that night. And, uh, we, we talked about, you know, cause I was a city councilor. We talked about, she wanted to know a little bit more about you know, what that was like. And, and, but it quickly, uh, we learned that we had so much more in common than, than just, uh, politics. Uh, we, we talked a lot about our interest in travel and, and, uh, adventures and outdoors and the environment and all mm -hmm. of that. So. I had actually just moved back from Nova Scotia, I think less than a year before. And I remember when I moved back, because I've always been a bit of a political junkie for sure, even since I was little. Um, but I moved back and I Googled who is the MLA, a member of Legislative Assembly in BC for my where we live. Uh, and then this picture popped up. And I remember it's so strange because I remember looking at your picture being like, oh, what a handsome man, <laughs> you know? And I'm not one that thinks that about pictures of people. I just, you know. And I had no idea I was going to to have the opportunity to to meet him not long after that, and no idea we'd end up falling in love and together. So it was meant to be, I guess. Yeah, definitely an instant instant kind of connection. Rick, when I hear you describing the date, I, I in my mind I'm thinking, and that date never ended. We kept talking for hours and hours, and the date has never really ended. Does it feel like that? Well, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, shortly after that, she she went away. I actually, yeah, I went back for a wedding. We reconnected when I got back and we're like, I'm like, okay, I want to ask you some like questions about, you know, some historical stuff from when you're a counselor so I get a better idea of something. And, but I'm like, I don't really want to mix that up with a date. So I'm like, why don't we do two dates? Why don't we do a business date? Right. And then the next night we saw each other for a real date. And then we've probably barely been apart since. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. That is so great. Uh, I'm curious about what your status had been before, both of you. How long had you been single for? Uh, well, we, we were both in previous relationships that ended you know, a few months before that, actually. Yeah. So so it was it was like this perfect moment in time where, where we met. It was a kind of destiny thing, I think. Yeah, and it's always like, you know, it's not at all what either of us was out looking for right. or wanting. And I realized that's just how life is, you know. It's, of course, it's like, in theory, you should like wait a year before you date again and things like that. But when you meet someone that has as strong connection as we did, you know, kind of have to throw caution to the wind almost because it was just such a powerful connection. And I think that that overtook us. It's, it's interesting. Um, you know, we talked about like our, our love of traveling and all that. And I think it was only like the second or third date we, we taught, I, I said, Oh, I saw this thing on uh, we have this website called YVR deals where it's like cheap flights Out to places. Vancouver, yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, Oh, look, there's a cheap flight to new Orleans. And she's like, we should go on that. And like, we had only like dated a couple of times. And so we booked, we booked this flight to go to new Orleans. Oh, she's a gamer. You knew immediately she was a gamer. She's ready to travel, go yeah. on adventures. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I said, you know, if, if, you know, I know we're just newly dating. So if it doesn't work out, like I'm sure we'll still be, you know, amicable and friends. We just go as friends. And if, if it's worked out, we're still together, then, you know, that's great too. So we're like, okay, <laughs> we ended up going, obviously, you know, it's an amazing. New Orleans was amazing. I've, ne so. I've never done anything like that. Like, just like, yeah. I'm, I'm, he's, oh, really? he's much more risk adverse than me. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, so she brought the adventurer out in you. I think right. so. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've always been an adventurer, but I've got a willing co-pilot here for sure. So, and, and it's, you know, when you go on an adventure, you need, you need to have your, your wingman, you know, so wing woman. Well, I have some experience with politics in my family, and I would say politics is a huge adventure. If you're willing to go into that arena and be of service, uh, you never know what is going to happen. And now both, uh, Rick, you were already in politics when you two met, but Haven, you're a politician as well now. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that more, but I'd love to know how politics sort of entered your bloodstream, each of you. I had not grown up in a, in a political environment at all, um, but I, I did grow up with a real, I think, appreciation for, you know, the, the majesty of nature. Like my dad took me out in the, in the bush all the time. We went fishing and, and hiking. I grew up on Vancouver Island um, in Port Alberni and uh, spent a lot of time outdoors. You know, and, and I grew up like in my 30s, I was never interested in politics. I'd always vote. You know, my parents always voted. They always said, you know, important that everyone votes. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to the States uh, in, in 2001. I, I got hired uh, at DreamWorks uh, to work on uh, uh, Shrek 2 and, and um, films like that. And uh, cool. Not a common pre-politics yeah. past. I was going to say. No, it's not the typical <laughs> yeah. background. Um but what really for me changed things is when I came back to Canada, there was this environmental kind of issue that, that came up uh, where there was these um, run of river projects that were being proposed private companies were wanting to make money off of rivers. And I had grown up, you know, fishing on rivers and just the majesty of the, of the nature and the, and the, the ecology and everything around that. It was really had a deep meaning for me. And, I got involved in, in kind of uh, raising awareness around some of the environmental issues around some of these projects. And there was one particular meeting I went to around the Upper Pitt River where they wanted to put um, this massive industrialization project around uh, uh, some tributaries coming into the Upper Pitt River, the last non-industrialized watershed in the entire Fraser Valley. We filled this gym that people came from all walks of life and, and, and 2,000 people at over a thousand in this gym in Pitt Meadows and just seeing that power and feeling it, feeling all these people united around a common issue around the environment and around, um, you know, making sure that the right decisions are made around things like it, it was quite a empowering feeling. The next mm -hmm. day the government canceled that project. And I like, this is what politics was for me like this i i that night i understood what politics is really about it's about about feeling empowered mm -hmm. feeling like you can have an influence have your voice can be heard you can make a difference and i never felt that at all like growing up like in my 30s and never felt like i had any influence or anything but but people do and they just have to to, to use it and that really got me interested in in, in politics and got me more involved in volunteering locally. And then I got elected to city council and kind of the rest is history. I think that what really connects us and what, when I hear that story is that like Rick and I share this um, view of the world of, of like the public good, like, you know, of how do we protect that? And how do we um, fight for that? And I grew up also in Vancouver Island. So another thing we have in common, we're both from Vancouver Island. Uh, I was very close to my maternal grandparents and they lived on three acres 
uh, in the middle of Nanaimo. You know, it was like a nature around there. Yeah, it was like a park. It was, you know, it has streams and and forests, and it was amazing. And I spent so much time out there. And um, you know, my my Oma and Opa were like from the old country, you know, like in Europe. And my Opa was out there teaching me the names of trees when I was four, and they would reuse every bit of tin foil and every you know bit of wrapping paper. And so I just grew up treasuring the outdoors and treasuring nature and really they again they always voted told us how lucky we were to be in Canada you know always very progressive thinkers and I think that that really comes from being immigrants to a country you know they were just so appreciative that they got to come here and and that they were welcomed Mm -hmm. you know I was in grade 12 and I remember being fascinated in the chapter of political parties in Canada my friends were like what is wrong with you (laughs) no I, I couldn't wait to vote um, but it all comes back to my um, my care for our our world and people's relationship to that world and how can we keep it safe for everyone and healthy and functioning and obviously in the era of climate change and everything now it's it's becoming scarier and scarier but I'm becoming more and more vo- motivated um, so that's what really drives me is that you know how can I help make decisions that help people and help the environment and keep them connected because we need each other and I think that's really what connects Rick and I at the deepest level on on this stuff and you know being in politics isn't easy and it's hard mm-hmm. enough when there's just one of you and I know because I'm the partner of someone in politics for I think four four more years before I ran um that was tough enough and you know when there's two it's kind of times double but it's worth it because we have this amazing opportunity that people have trusted us with to try to to advocate for these things so haven you were asking questions of rick about politics almost as soon as you met how long did it take? Did you already have an inkling or or I don't want to say agenda because I don't want it to sound like you were you were scheming, but did you already have an inkling that you might be headed in that uh, direction? To be honest, like when I met you and I met Rick, that wasn't the first thought in my mind. To me, I, I, you know, I was like, oh, this is someone I can get to know that has so much relevant history to this community. Because I, I had been in Nova Scotia for three years to do graduate school you know, I moved back home and what I heard about was that they wanted to sell off some city land. And I live in a really small, quite a small community and, you know, city land to me is very valuable. And I was like, no way. You know, I wanted to know more about that. What was the history? What's going on? So when Rick and I first met, like that's Uh. what we connected on. And it was really when we went for that, that first beer together that, that I realized like, oh, there's something more here, you know? So it was pretty soon. It wasn't, I think the moment I maybe saw you, but it was pretty soon. So tell me about the decision to actually jump into the arena yourself. I think that it's really that um, issue on the sale of public land that kind of fired me up and got got me asking more questions. Like even when I lived here before moving away for graduate school, I kind of know knew what was going on and paid attention often, but I didn't know a deep you know history of all the things. So I wanted to stop that. I did not want the sale of that land to happen. And then right when I moved back, there was a municipal election. So I thought to myself, who is going to advocate for the protection you know, of those public lands? So I wanted to get involved in, in that and I did. And that's kind of what got me, got me hooked. I, I didn't run that, that uh, election, but uh, mm-hmm. I uh, started to volunteer for like committees locally, uh, went to like every council meeting and spent, I guess, four years between elections, like really, really getting involved and trying to understand all of the issues. 
And then I finally decided to run and it wasn't easy. It wasn't, I always knew I wanted to do it, but it was still a hard decision because it's, it's tough. Like counselors here are, are part-time, even though we're not, you know, <laughs> you work full-time, yeah. but you're, you're paid part-time. Um, and obviously like I had a, another career, I, I work in public health and public policy. So it's a lot of sacrifice, but something in my heart just told me to do it. So I threw my hat in last election and it worked out. I, I got elected and it's been a year since. You obviously care a lot for each other, but it must make a difference or mean a lot to you that your partner cares so deeply about the world. Oh, for sure. It, it, we connect on that level for sure. But we also like we have like, you know, boundaries on, on things because we have so many common interests outside of politics as well. You could easily let politics like completely overwhelm your life and then... And, <laughs> I don't think that's a life that anybody would be happy in. Like you, you have to like dedicate yourself when you're, when you're doing your work and, and, and then you have to have that, that time that's apart from that, that's, that's about the rest of the world, you know, and all the other mm -hmm. things that we, that we love doing together and all that. So we don't talk about things too much, like outside of that, we kind of like really try, have tried to like balance our lives. Yeah. You have in this kind of, when you have two people in politics, you really have to focus on on that balance, you know, and, and we, yeah. we I think I think we're 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 still working, working that out, but <laughs> yeah. we're doing a pretty good job. I'm the biggest culprit. <laughs> <laughs> I will bring everything back to something, that, you know, it's like, oh, look at that tree over there. That's a nice, beautiful tree. It's like, oh, that reminds me of this uh, development proposal that has all these trees. And oh, did you know that this And it's like, yeah. even you're doing it again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So what did your courtship look like, given all that? We went on that first initial unplanned meeting, you could say, and then I went away and we came back and we had those two actual dates. And then I, I couldn't get rid of you, really. <laughs> no, it, it was just, you know, every relationship starts different. Sometimes you'll see someone once a week, you know what I mean? Or this was not like that. I We had a strong Yeah, strong I saw you connection. every day. We had a strong <laughs> yeah. connection right yeah. from the beginning, I think. It was also a bit of a tough time because I didn't really understand like the day-to-day -day life of someone that had a job like Rick's and it requires going away a lot. Like he spends a lot of time in Victoria, for example, to learn to kind of be in a relationship with someone that's in the public eye, having to go away so much. And that was some adjusting period, especially when you, in those days, you want to see someone a lot and get to know them. So, but we worked through it and figured out, um, you know, different ways to manage that. And then of course, COVID, when, when COVID happened, which was horrible for so many reasons, but at the same time for many people, you know, this kind of working more from home and remote work stuff, at least on my end, gave us some more flexibility and that really helped. So there's the only silver lining for, for me um, during the COVID thing, everything else was terrible, of course, but. A lot of people, you know, they say like, oh, you know, you know, we went through COVID and then they, they started fighting and stuff like that because they spent so much time together. Like we, we actually, uh, I think really enjoyed COVID and spending all that time together. In terms together. of the time together. Yeah. yeah it, Cause it was, mm -hmm. it, it was just time, finding time together was very hard to do. And I think our bond was able to really grow even more having more solid time together over a length of period and flexibility since then has been a huge, huge bonus for our relationship for sure. 
we couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centres. They are Canada's largest family-owned jeweler, and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centres are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCentres.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. So when did you decide that you it was time to take the relationship to the next level? I thought about proposing for a while and I really wanted it to be like this really special thing. So I put all this pressure on myself, like what can I do to really make it special? And, and I don't know where the idea came to me, but we both come from this background of, you know, this love of politics and everything. And, and I just thought to myself, well, why? what if I like actually proposed one day in the legislature? I think that'd be pretty special. I don't think anyone's ever done that before. I, I teased him because it was four and a bit years that we were together. And I was like, oh, it's okay. It took so long. You're just really <laughs> planning it perfectly. It's pretty true. <laughs> on his mind for years. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It took time for the plan to come together. And I understand why there were some challenges in that, weren't there? Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's 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 a it's quite a thing to to try to organize that and pull it off without her knowing that I'm doing it. Take us behind the scenes and explain what you mean by that, because of course most listeners and and even I don't have really an idea of what you would have had to wrangle in order to make that happen. Right. So, like as a as an MLA, I have the opportunity to do a two minute statement in in the legislature. And usually these these speeches are about some some local issue or some local group doing some great work, and you just want to, you know, promote that and and um, and talk about the great things they're doing and all that. And I had uh, I had one scheduled for for May. It was the last one of, of the session. I thought I'm going to do it on on that day. That's that's what I'm going to do. It was so like May fourth. Yeah, it was May fourth, and then I practiced what I was going to say. I got all ready for this. You um, had to like reschedule everything. You well, said. I mean, the the thing is, I had it scheduled, and then I not I had to convince her to come and and listen to the speech. And, and <laughs> oh, uh, and to be in the gallery of yeah, the legislature. I mean, you know, yeah. After four years, you're like, I'm good. <laughs> I get what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Rick's like, no, no, there's like, I'm doing this statement on this festival. It's going to be happening in the community. You have to come. I'm like, okay. Like it was a I, dumpling festival. Yeah. And I'm like, this sounds like amazing. That sounds great. But like, do I really need to come in person for that? For two minutes? Yeah. And, and you know, I'm in the middle of a work day. Like, okay. Did you have any suspicions Haven? No, none. I mean, no. no, none about this. I just was kind of not annoyed, but I was like, okay, like I guess Seriously? I'll come and listen to your speech on the dumpling. Festival. Well, I was like, this is my this is my last this is my last speech of the session. Like, yeah. you haven't come out to a speech this session, yeah. so could you come out and watch this one? But, so like, uh, okay, disaster struck. However, a couple of days like before this, she got sick. She ate something. Yeah. I don't know, oh. it was food poisoning or what, but she got like so sick. Wild. No. So the day before this, this is all set up. I got my speech ready. I, I've got my slot there and I have to speak for two minutes. And, and I'm like, I can't do this speech now. Like I, this is my only shot. I can't, she's not going to come when she's like throwing up and stuff like that. So, so I had to like call everyone and like, could you trade with me? Like my, my two minute slot, like I'll take yours next week. And so I, I called so many people. I finally found an MLA that, that had a slot like a week from then who was willing to 
come and do a speech without basically any preparation oh, the next day. We owe them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> wow. To Rick's credit, so I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> so I, I have a question then. Does someone in the house need to know ahead of time what the subject of your speech is? Is there an authority? You have to just give them the topic, basically. Okay. Uh, and your topic was? Dumpling Festival. I, I, I said it was the Dumpling Festival. Oh, I, you I, did. I basically told everyone <laughs> it was the Dumpling Festival. You're a rebel. Yeah. But, but, but I told the whip, and the whip is the oh. one that you give these, these, these topics to. So he, he knew that it wasn't really the oh, Dumpling I Festival. Yeah. He yeah. knew that it was really about your little dumpling. <laughs> you know and i have to tell you i'm actually like my personal life a very private person so this is all happening i'm up in the gallery this i'm i met this this really nice lady beside me who who was there and i look over and she's like crying and i was like oh like you know i'm, I'm listening to him give this speech and it starts off different obviously not about this festival it's, it's about you know thanking partners and everything i'm like oh okay that's nice i guess he's going to do that ahead of his speech. And then I realized what's happening and I'm so far away from Rick. Like he can't, I'm like, I try to shout yes, but no one could hear me. Um, so he, he's like, I'll meet you in the gallery. So we both run out front and give each other a big hug and there's a picture taken and it's like really exciting. And, you know, I'm in disbelief still. So then we go back to Rick's office and he's like, Oh, I, I, I was able to get leave for the afternoon so we can go and celebrate. I'm like, that's great. I grabbed my purse. I'm ready to go. And they're like, where, you know, I think a staff member was like, where are you going? And I'm like, what do you mean? And like, we're leaving. And he's like, no, no, the media are here. And I'm like, the media? <laughs> what do you mean the media? And it never in those moments occurred to me, right. not even that for a split second, that like anyone would really care about this. Like beyond, you know, us and people we knew, obviously Rick's colleagues know me and you know what I mean? Like I thought it would be a moment there. I joke, it must have been a very slow news day. Like very slow. <laughs> so were you scrummed? That's the expression. I, and, yeah. you know, I come cool. from a background of journalism and politics. So were you scrummed? Full on. Yeah. <laughs> well, we camera were, to camera. We no, were, they're set up in a row. <laughs> yeah. They, they're separate oh places. And, yeah, and go there here, were go here, multiple. Go here. Yeah. I did a bunch of radio interviews. Radio interviews. That. We were on the front page of the Times Colonist in Victoria, I think. It was yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, we, that <laughs> evening we come home and it's like, you know, top story, story, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> so you must I, have been feeling like it was a dream or something. Yeah, it, it felt I, surreal. It did. You, I, even I didn't yeah. expect it to no. have like that much interest. Like people would be that you, interested. You said you thought maybe the local paper yeah. might write a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was, it was totally uh, surreal and such an, a very cool experience. And obviously one I'll carry with me forever and a really special way to start our engagement. But yeah, I was also slightly mortified. Like I felt like I had to, the next day I pulled a hat down really low if I went anywhere. Yes. I didn't want to. <laughs> yes. You're a celebrity going out in public. Just for one day, the news cycle is short, but. <laughs> so my question is we heard it from Haven's point of view, but now I just want to rewind a little bit because Rick, I want to hear what you actually said. Well, I basically, you know, talked about how you know, politics, uh, to have someone by your side through all of that and, and all of the experiences that you share, like to, to be able to share that with someone that, that cares about things as, as much as you do and, and how special that is. Like, it was a very special moment. I, I, um, and, and like being, being in there and doing something like that, where the whole, you're in a house, you're in a political environment, and it just, it, it actually became 
um, it was just people, you know, we were just people sharing a moment together. Everyone was cheering on both sides, like whatever party it was. It was just this nice little moment that we all shared together. What was the joke that? Yeah. And, and like, I, I joked that it was the first time that uh, in question period that a question was actually ans- answered in the, <laughs> in the house. Um, so, you know, you go through all of this and you, you try to make a difference in the world and, and none of it, you know, really means anything unless you can share that experience with, with somebody that understands what you're trying to do. Like, and, and, and there's no one in this world that I think I connect with on that level more than Haven. We are, we are connected in a very deep way around this and having her in my life. I, I remember more specific. <laughs> I think you said, I think the key line that you said was, um, that stuck out for me was, you know, Haven, so you're, you're so committed to making the world a better place and you make my world a better place. And then you asked me, like, will you marry me? That's the, the part I remember. She said she was sort of yelling, yes. Could you tell that she was saying yes? No, I, I, I couldn't. In fact, she was like shaking her head like this. Like, I, it, it, she was in disbelief, I <laughs> yeah, think, of what was first, going on. And then I yelled yes, I'm like, yeah. I, I think she said yes. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, he's on tape saying, I think she said yes, but I need to go confirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I like to, you know, like Rick said, it's about people. And a cool thing for me is like, for example, I was just sitting beside a stranger. And I know that that's probably a day she'll remember forever. Like, just, I, I really like things that, have such an impact on everyone and and people people do like to see you know happiness and 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 you know the world can be a dark place sometimes especially in the in the house debating uh (laughs) debating things so just brought a little bit of joy to people that day and i i'm glad for that (laughs) so and it brought some unity to a divided house as well i'm sure yeah absolutely everyone was was very very supportive and applauding and all of that it was it was it was quite amazing. Yeah. I'm curious to know in a world where I think so many people feel helpless uh, in regard to so many different issues, is it inspiring to be with a partner who not only believes that they can make a difference, but sees that you can also make a difference? I would say absolutely. And Rick mentioned previously that, oh, we try not to obviously talk about politics all the time. And then it got me thinking, it's like, but the care never goes away. I think that the inspiring thing is whether, you know, our jobs and political topics and decisions that need to be made, like obviously my work is completely separate to Rick's work. Like we, you know, have completely separate jobs with separate issues we're dealing with. Um, But that care doesn't end there. Like, you know, we, we share care for people when we're out, you know, we share uh, valuing kindness, we share helping animals, we share protecting nature for out camping, you know, and I think that that's um, really something that means a lot to me. And being with someone that shares that with me, and I see it every single day and every single thing that he does, and then I know that his heart cares as much as mine, I think that that is what is so special and uh, really bonds us together and, um, you know, makes you feel like you can manage kind of anything that comes your way. (laughs) So, yeah, that's beautiful. Rick, what's your response to that? It can be challenging sometimes when you care about something and you try to make a difference and, you know, you may not find success in, in, in making that difference. Um, I really believe strongly in empowering people to 
believe in in themselves and, and in their ability to to do things like you know if, if somebody contacts me i tell my staff i will always meet with them i'll always talk to them and and sometimes people come to me and they're like oh can you do this can you do that can you do this and i'm like um i, I can i can try but also you can too you know you you can do things um and i really believe that's the essence of politics like people can make a difference you can make a difference and sometimes it, it feels lonely to do that and i and like with haven I, I i never feel alone like that that feeling never goes away like her her care for things is is always so prevalent so i i i have this it gives me sort of this this inner this this strength almost like for us being together we have this kind of um strength where we can build off of each other in terms of of that but when things get hard or whatever like you have someone there that understands what what that's like and and that makes a huge difference it just it feels like we're we're connected in, in a very deep way i couldn't imagine like if i came home at the end of a hard day if someone didn't want to talk to me about that toll or someone didn't want to um you know didn't didn't understand and i think the special thing and the unique thing about um us is like you, you just, without me even having to say anything, he understands because he's been there, you know, and, and not many people have been there. I don't know if I could do this if I didn't have that support from Rick. Mm, that's beautiful. Uh, it's time to wrap up, but I have one more personal prying question and it is this, what is it you love most about each other? The, her heart, you know, how much she cares about things, um, but also the, the the ability to go out into the world and experience and have that sense of adventure. We've, we've done so many things together. We've gone like a multi-day canoe trips. We've gone on like multi-day hikes and, and like, I, I feel so comfortable doing adventurous things like this adventurous spirit. That's that spirit of, Oh yeah, we could do that. I remember one time we were like, we went on this canoe trip and we were like trying to get to this other lake up a river. I wouldn't have even attempted that uh, if I wasn't. <laughs> but, and we didn't actually do it, but we, we were like, yeah, let's no, try. We, we didn't we were, like, make it. We didn't, but, but we tried. And that's, that's the, that's the thing is like, we, we have that, like somehow when we're together, it's like, oh yeah, well, let's try that. Okay, public service announcement. Don't try to go up a rushing river. In a yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> she makes you want to paddle up a river. That is the best <laughs> statement ever on this podcast. I think. Haven, you got to finish us off here. Sure. What do you love most about him? I mean, there's so many things, but top of my mind today is, is Rick just has this incredible earnestness to him um, about everything that you do, everything that he does. You know, and you saw it in the proposal. It, it's just he wears his heart as it is into the world and that guides him in everything that he does. And that that's, that is, I think, rare. I think a lot of people have a hard time doing that. And I think that immediately caught my attention with Rick of, of, of he just looks at me with these genuine eyes and, and really, I believe everything he says and, and, and everything he does. And it's from such a good place and from an honest place. And I think that that's like such an amazing quality. And I should mention that I don't even think we mentioned that when we're getting married finally. <laughs> so we're getting oh, married. That's important. Yes. <laughs> we're finally getting married in May. So that's that's it. We've been very busy. So planning's been challenging, but we're finally finally doing it in May. So super excited. Is that going to be in the House of Commons or the Senate? <laughs> no. I think I said that two hours after the engagement. I'm like, we're not getting married anywhere near this place. <laughs> that's yeah. no funny. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Congratulations on your impending nuptials. Hopefully we 
we can catch up and get a, an update from you sometime. But I want to say more than anything, thanks to both of you for wearing your hearts on your sleeves today. Well, thank, thank you so much. It was fun to talk to you. It was to nice you. to meet you. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.